Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Friday. We're getting this done early for you. It's Friday, November 18th. It's deer hunting weekend. And that means I'm actually up here in the Dr. Pepper man room all by myself. Dan is headed up north to try and kill Bambi, so I am without his help. But he did give me his list of players for Beat the Host, as well as his picks for the gambling segment. But... You know, that's that's minor. We got all kinds of fantasy football stuff to talk about. We're going to have all your news and notes. We have your week 10 or your season through week 10 leaders in fantasy football. We have some sports investing. We have your must starts and don't bother. So as like I said, a segment of beat the hosts, which should actually be beat Dan because I'm incapable lately of getting any good players and actually picking the right ones, I should say. Um, thank God my fantasy team is actually doing pretty well. Um, and then finally, we're going to get you a Fantasy Girl of the Week. We're going to take a little break from famous people that I photographed, since Dan's not here for that. And we're just going to go off the off the board a little bit with a, another gorgeous model-type person. So, uh, as always, check out the website, mycffl.com, and you get your opportunity to look at everything we talk about here as well as the fantasy girl of the week and you can check up on how the 10 team mock draft league is doing that we did during the preseason and the 12 team mock draft pod um, league is doing that we did during the preseason and then if you have questions comments or concerns feel free to email us cffl commissioner at zoho.com or you can get dan at strap 1971 at yahoo.com. We got something we're going to be talking about next week when Dan is back. The NFL has announced their semifinalists for the for the um, Hall of Fame for next year, and you can go online to nfl.com, and you can actually vote for your 15 choices for the semifinals. All the players are there. Make your selections. And what we want to do is we want to give you an opportunity to send us your selections that you made for uh, the semifinalists for the Hall of Fame. You can do that, like I said, by emailing us, cffl.commissioner at zoho.com. Just let us know who your who your sleeper pick is for the Hall of Fame, who, you, who your lock is for this year's Hall of Fame, and uh, some of your picks and the reasons why you made those picks. And we'll, we'll get those on next week. You can do that through the email, um, like I mentioned. But Without further ado, we're going to get this show on the road. We're going to get into the news and notes for your Week 11 fantasy season. Here we go. In all the excitement, I kind of forgot to do the the week 
the the season leaders for fantasy football scoring. But since we already did the siren, we're just going to start with the injuries like we normally do when the siren goes off. And then once we're done with that, I will go into the leaders through week 10, and then we'll move into the rest of the news. So, reports after Sunday's game against Seattle were that Gronk had suffered a punctured lung following a huge hit from Cam Chancellor. And as the day grew longer on Monday, the reports seemed to change from punctured lung to chest injury to perforated lung and the thought that Gronk may only miss one game. Be sure to keep an eye on this. Word is that he is not able to fly, so he's probably not going to be headed to to San Francisco with the rest of the team, which means he won't be available for, for the game against the 49ers. And I also think that means it's going to be a huge game for Martell's Bennett owners. So uh, watch watch all your lines during that uh, beginning of, of Sunday because uh, I believe they have the afternoon game and you're going to need to know this stuff before that game kicks off. Next up, Larry Fitzgerald suffered a knee injury on Sunday. However, the injury does, doesn't seem serious and it looks like he is still scheduled to play this weekend. Cleveland Browns Executive Vice President Sashi Brown. Okay, he's the Vice President, Executive Vice President, Sashi Brown. He's saying that RG3 is on pace to play again in 2016. You ever notice how none of this RG3 will or will not play due to injury information ever comes from a doctor? It's always from some front office guy. First it was the, the head coach, and then it was... Now it's Sashi Brown, some executive vice president. I think I'm going to hold off until there's a doctor that comes on with a white coat and a stethoscope around his neck saying, yeah, RG3's ready. He can start practicing and start playing. And then then I'll believe it. Steelers wideout Marcus Wheaton is seeing a specialist regarding his injured shoulder. He is hoping the injury will not end his season, and that's important to the Steelers as they are going to need depth behind Antonio Brown since... Marcus Wheaton and Antonio Brown are the only two guys, along with Le'Veon Bell, that look like they can catch a ball. Falcons running back Tevin Coleman is slated to return in Week 12 after the Falcons' bye week. This is good news for all Tevin Coleman owners because he was lighting it up again like he did last year before he got injured. Giants wide receiver Victor Cruz returned to practice this week after his ankle injury earlier in the season. And Steelers receiver Sammy Coates has two broken fingers on his left hand. Don't know how he got those because Big Ben doesn't seem to be throwing the ball with much zip lately. Coates has vowed to play through the injury, but I wouldn't expect much out of him fantasy-wise. And speaking of RG3 and Executive Vice President Sashi Brown, RG3 returned to practice in a limited fashion this week. Uh, This might be good news if you're one of those people thinking the Browns can actually win a game this year. Griffin was the only Browns quarterback that showed some ability to get the job done behind center. Jets receiver Eric Decker just had shoulder surgery. Look for him to be out about eight months for recovery, and that should bring him right about to training camp time. And the Packers have placed running back Don Jackson on the IR. If you don't remember him, don't worry, nobody really does. Jackson was a running back that ran a grand total of about six times before being brought up, uh, six times after being brought up before he got hurt in the first game he played. I think it was his first 
running play. He got crushed, got out of the game, and came back a few more times, and now he's on the IR. After missing Week 10 with an injured groin, Chiefs receiver Jeremy Macklin didn't participate in practice this week. Still unsure if he will even play this weekend. Be sure to watch the wires for more information on his status. As of right now, he is listed as a game-time decision. Which brings us to the part I missed during the opening segment. Here are your 2016 fantasy football basic ESPN scoring leaders through week 10. For quarterbacks, Matt Ryan still in first place with 296 points, followed closely by Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers in third, Marcus Mariota fourth, and Andrew Luck in fifth. Finishing off the top 10 for quarterbacks, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, and the rookie sensation from Dallas, Dak Prescott. Moving on to running backs, number one guy still is DeMarco Murray with 212 points. In second place, David Johnson, two points behind him, followed by Melvin Gordon, who is seven points out of first place, and then Ezekiel Elliott, who's 13 points out of first place. In fifth place, Matt Forte. Finishing off the top ten, we have Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, LeGarrette Blunt, Le'Veon Bell, and Frank Gore. Takes us to receivers. Number one guy still is from the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones with 196 points, followed closely by Antonio Brown, six points in arrears. Then you have Mike Evans in third, A.J. Green fourth, Larry Fitzgerald in fifth. Finishing off the top ten for you, Odell Beckham Jr., Jordy Nelson, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, and Demarius Thomas. And that brings us to the final group, your tight ends. Number one, with the bullet like he has been all season, Greg Olson. First place with 138 points, not counting last night's output. Close behind him, 12 points behind him actually, Delaney Walker of the Titans. Third place, Jimmy Graham. Martells Bennett in fourth. Travis Kelsey in fifth. Finishing off the top ten, Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, Zach Miller, Jason Witten, and Cameron Brait. If you're a Gronk fan, he is in 11th place due to his injury last week. He will be back in the top ten in a week or so. Finishing off the news, Alshon Jeffrey, receiver for the Bears, has been suspended for the next four games for violating the league's substance abuse policy. It looks like there was a banned substance in one of his prescribed medications. When are these guys going to learn that they need to get this stuff looked at before they start putting something in their body? Have the Rams given up on the season? They have announced that the Jared Goff era will start. He will be the starting quarterback for the Rams this weekend against the Dolphins. The Seattle Seahawks have released Kristen Michael. That means two things. One, Thomas Rawls is very close to being back, and the emergence of rookie running back C.J. Procise is considered a major plus by the Seahawks. And two, it obviously shows that the Seahawks didn't think much of Michael to keep him on the roster over a still-injured Thomas Rawls. 
Shortly after releasing Kristen Michael, the Green Bay Packers claimed him off waivers. Talk about grasping for straws. Man. And is it just me or is the NFL willing to make just about anything into a historical moment? It is being announced that Stefan Diggs has made NFL history. That's right. Stefan Diggs, NFL history. And you know what he did to do that? He is the first player ever to record 13 or more touchdowns, or I'm sorry, 13 or more catches in consecutive games. I know, really important stat, isn't it? The number 13, very important number. Must be, that was his low watermark for those catches, but I, I mean, it's a great, it's a great stat, but of what use is that? I mean, seriously, it just means that there's no one else on the team that can catch the ball right now. And speaking of history, this is history that matters. Marcus Mariota has thrown multiple touchdown passes in six consecutive games, which ties him with Warren Moon for the longest streak in franchise history. Can you say Hall of Fame? Because that's where he belongs. And that's it for your news, which brings us to Beat the Hosts. And so we're on the phone right now with Justin from Baltimore, Maryland. He is our next contestant on probably the most popular segment of this podcast. It's called Beat the Hosts. And actually, I'm thinking we should probably just rename it to Beat Dan because I've been horrible at this. So, Justin, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. So um, I'm going to go through all the rules for you. And if you have questions, let me know and then we'll get going. So the okay. way this works, all you have to do, pick a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, and a tight end. You'll get one point for every 10 yards, six points for every touchdown, and minus one for every turnover. So what will happen is you'll get the first pick, you'll name a position, and pick a player, and then Dan and I will each pick up position after that. And as you already know, Dan is off trying to kill Bambi up north, so it, it's only me, and I have his list of players, so... You'll get the first pick, and then uh, if you win, if you happen to beat Dan and I, you'll get your very own engraved Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast pint glass and autographed picture of your hosts. Oh, wow. All right. (laughs) I know. There's actually prizes involved. (laughs) So. um, Wait, I do have one question. Yes. So. when you guys pick somebody, uh-huh. am I allowed, I have to pick somebody different? Yes, it cannot be the same person. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. So we're going to give you the first position. You're going to, what, what you'll do is you'll name the player, and then we'll go through Dan and myself, and then once we get our, the three players picked, I'm also going to go through the other players at that position that are considered must-starts or don't-bother, since that is basically what this is all about the must-starts and don't-bothers for week 11 of your fantasy season. Deal? Sounds like a plan. All right, so you're going to start with which position? I'm going to start with running back. Running back. Okay, and your player is? My player is going to be Le'Veon Bell, 
of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Then Dan will take the second pick, and he's going to go to Marco Murray. He's doing all this stuff myself. I'm the secretary. I'm the Dan's voice. And now I have to get to mine. And I am going to go LeGarrette Blunt from the New England Patriots. As far as other running back must starts, like I said, LeGarrette Blunt versus San Francisco. The 49ers have allowed an average of 29 fantasy points and a combined 15 touchdowns to running backs. I also like Latavius Murray versus the Houston Texans. Texans have given up eight rushing touchdowns and an average of almost 20 fantasy points per game to running backs this year. As far as don't bothers, keep Todd Gurley on your bench. I know it's difficult, but he is horrible. And I'm going to list Gurley as a, a don't bother until he starts showing some sort of promise like he did last year. He has a combined 14.5 points over the last two games. And this week he goes up against a Dolphins defense that has given up only three rushing touchdowns and an average of 16 fantasy points to opposing running backs. Other don't don't bothers, Terrence West versus the Cowboys. And this one hurts me because West is one of my backs in fantasy football. He is becoming more and more impossible to start each week as he continues to lose snaps to rookie Kenneth Dixon. This week it is the Cowboys that he's going up against, and they're giving up the fourth fewest rushing yards to running backs. And my final don't bother for running backs, Chris Ivory versus Detroit. He's going up against the Lions defense that has given up one rushing touchdown and the sixth fewest fantasy points to running backs through 10 weeks of the season. So that's it for our running backs. We're going to give Dan the second pick. And he is going to go quarterback. And his quarterback is going to be Aaron Rodgers of your Green Bay Packers versus the Washington Redskins. Justin, I'm going to give you the second pick. You have to take a quarterback. I am going to go with Marcus Mariota of the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. I actually have Marcus Mariota as a must-start this week. He's earned his way onto this list last week when he tied Warren Moon for throwing the most consecutive games with multiple touchdown passes. He put up four touchdowns and 29 fantasy points for all his owners. This week, he faces a struggling Indianapolis defense, and like I said, he's looking to break that record for the Houston-slash-Tennessee franchise record. Nice pick. My pick is going to be sticking with the New England Patriots. I'm going Mr. Deflator, Tom Brady. Tom Brady against... The 49ers. I was thinking about him. <clears throat> well, you're not going to like this because I am going now. Oh, actually, I should give you the rest of the don't bothers and must starts. I like Derek Carr against the Houston Texans. Houston defense has, has given up big points to the likes of Sam Bradford and Blake Bortles. This should be a big point game for Carr when they play in Mexico City on Monday night. Also, this one hurts. Kirk Cousins versus the Green Bay Packers. I don't see Green Bay winning too many more games this season. There you go. I said it. (laughs) (laughs) They have just far too many injuries 
and a general manager who refuses to address those injuries by bringing in players to fill the holes. The Green Bay defensive backfield is a sieve, and if Clay Matthews is out again, there doesn't look to be much pressure getting to put on the quarterback. Kirk Cousins should have a field day against the Packers. As far as don't bothers, Carson Palmer versus Minnesota. He's turned the ball over three times last week against the weak 49ers defense. And this week it's the Purple People Eaters that have allowed an average of 12.5 points a game to quarterbacks. Also, Ryan Tannehill versus the Rams. Tannehill scored a mere 10 points last week against the Jets. We have a horrible pass defense. And this week it is the Rams. And that's they've been pretty solid against quarterbacks, giving up a mere 15 points per contest to quarterbacks. And finally, this is just for you, Justin. Jay Cutler versus the Giants. The Giants' defense has surrendered the second-fewest points to quarterbacks in fantasy football, and Cutler is now without his number one receiver. Enough said. Cutler benched. Which brings us to the next pick, and I am going to get that pick. I just need to decide if I want to go receiver or if I want to go running back or tight end, I mean. I'm going to go receiver, and I'm going to go with a guy that I have not taken yet this season, but he ranks 13th in fantasy points amongst receivers this season, and he's a must-start against the Redskins that is that do not have a very good defense against receivers this year. I'm going Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. So, Justin, you can have the second pick. Well, I think I'm going to go back to the well that I with my first pick, and I am going to go with Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus a terrible <laughs> Cleveland Browns. A, a horrible, horrible Cleveland Browns. So do you think Pittsburgh's going to win this week? Um, They may set the record for the most points scored ever. Really? I, I hope you're right because I am still in the survivor pool. And I have Pittsburgh this week. So, um, Dan will be taking Odell Beckham Jr. As far as other must-starts, Jamison Crowder from the Washington Redskins against Green Bay. He's one of the most underrated receivers in fantasy football right now, and he has scored 10 or more fantasy points in four straight games and three touchdowns. He faces, like I said, that Green Bay defense that has given up 14 touchdowns and the fourth most fantasy points this season so far. A sure start for your team. Dante Moncrief against Tennessee. Uh, He may not get you a whole lot in regards to yardage. However, he is a touchdown monster, getting three touchdowns in four games he's played in this season. He faces the Titans, who have allowed five touchdowns and an average of more than 28 points to receivers over the previous four weeks. Also looks good if you have T.Y. Hilton on your team. Get him in your lineup. Don't bothers DeAndre Hopkins versus Oakland. I know I've been saying the Raiders are simply the worst defense in the NFL, and that is still technically correct. However, Hopkins has failed time and time again to exploit bad pass defenses all season. I don't know if it is the Osweiler effect or Hopkins, but either way, he cannot be trusted right now. Also, Ty Montgomery bench. He's uh was a sparkly fantasy addition for many teams the last few weeks because of the added plus of rushing yardage you thought you were going to get out of him, but that hasn't panned out. 
as we originally hoped. And if you are using him as just a receiver, he's now worth it. He is currently the fourth receiver on the field for the Packers. And even without a running game right now for Green Bay, there simply are not enough balls to go around to make Montgomery a safe start. Jordan Matthews of Seattle. Keep him on your bench. The Bloom looks to be off the Philly Rose. Matthews has scored double-digit points once in five road games and has only averaged eight points when playing on the road. Seattle, although not as good as we think they should be, they're only giving up the sixth-fewest points to receivers. Which takes us to our final position, tight ends. And Justin, you get the first pick there. Well, looking at uh, the Panthers' D and how they're struggling, <laughs> I'm going to go with Jordan Reed of the Washington Redskins. Jordan Reed of the Redskins. All right. Um, did I have him here? I did not. As a must start, but that's probably because that's probably an obvious one. So we're going to give Dan the second pick, and he has down here Martellus, or does he? He does. He has Martellus Bennett. With with the Gronkster out, Martellus Bennett is a must start this week. Um, he has to be in your starting lineup without question. He is the fourth-ranked tight end in all fantasy football right now, and he goes up against a horrible Frisco defense. I, on the other hand, will be taking from the Tennessee Titans, Delaney Walker, who has been surprising me all season long. He is going to be my guy this week. Other must-starts, Zach Miller versus the Giants. I've had a love affair with Zach Miller pretty much all season. And you add in the loss of Alshon Jeffrey due to suspension, and Miller is one of the last few guys that can actually catch a ball for the Bears. The Giants are giving up 10 points to tight ends in the last four weeks. Zach Miller's a must-start, as well as Jimmy Graham versus New England. He's back. He's going against, actually, he's going against the Eagles this week, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, not New England. Philadelphia. Graham has shown Gronk-esque type ability the last few weeks. Get him in your lineup. Don't bother Kyle Rudolph. Not good. I've tried to get this guy into my lineup whenever possible, and it's ended up biting me in the ass every time. You simply cannot count on this guy. Do not expect anything from him when they play the Cardinals. Arizona has given up zero touchdowns and the fewest fantasy points of touchdowns, including the likes of Martellus Bennett, Greg Olson, and Jimmy Graham. Zach Ertz versus Seattle. Seahawks have given up just one touchdown and less than six fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends this season. And finally, Cameron Braid versus Kansas City. Bray will not give you the same stat, same stat line he gave you last week. Much like Seattle, the Chiefs have allowed just one touchdown and less than five fantasy points a game, two tight ends. Well, that's it for this week. Justin, I'm going to go over your team. Marcus Mariota, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Jordan Reed. Dan is going with Aaron Rodgers, DeMarco Murray, OBJ, and Martellus Bennett. And I will be fielding Tom Brady, LeGarrette Blunt, Devontae Adams, and Delaney Walker. Any questions or are you okay? I think my team looks pretty good. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> okay, well, good luck. And if you win, we will uh, we'll ship out that prize package that I'm sure you're waiting for. First That's thing fantastic. on Tuesday morning. All right? Thank you, sir. All right, good luck and uh, have a good weekend.
Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. They don't play the same games here as they do at the regular casinos. And we're back with Sports Investing. Your chance to take your man to the cleaners and actually try and win some money this week in the NFL and college football. We're doing pretty good. I mean, not as good as we'd like to be doing, but uh, this isn't easy. So take these picks for what they're worth, and you're getting them for free anyway. So enjoy that. We're going to start with the NFL for you this week. And like I said, I got Dan's picks, and we'll start with his. He is taking the Indianapolis Colts minus three points against the Tennessee Titans. He's also taking Arizona and a pick em versus Minnesota. And he's also taking the over 40.5 points in the Arizona-Minnesota game. He has Jacksonville plus seven versus Detroit. He has Kansas City minus 7.5 versus Tampa. And he has Seattle minus 6.5 versus Philadelphia. Now he's going to take those six games and parlay those six games for another $5 with his chance to win $273.34. But he still has one more pick in the NFL. And that's going to be the Green Bay Packers plus 3 points versus the Washington Redskins. And in this game... He went crazy Dan, and he put $20 down on that game alone. Everything else is 5 bucks, but he's putting $20 down on the Packers. Uh, that's Packers plus three versus Washington. As far as my NFL picks, I also took the Tennessee-Indianapolis game. And in that game, Tennessee is getting three points. And I took Tennessee. The Colts are ranked 30th in total defense and they have allowed 60 more yards per game than their opponents. The Colts are 10-0 straight up and 8-11 and against the spread recently. The Titans, however, are learning how to win and they are currently 12-3 against the spread after scoring more than 30 points in consecutive games. Give me Tennessee in the points and uh, I'm hoping I win that game. I also had last night's game, New Orleans Saints versus Carolina Panthers. New Orleans Saints got three and a half points, and I'll tell you, I was pissed off most of that game because it looked like I was going was gonna to lose, but I got a really nice backdoor save on that one. Uh, the Saints ended up losing by three points, but I had that little hook. Um, and although I thought New Orleans was going to win that game outright, they didn't really have to. I just needed them to lose by three or less, and that's what they did. I also took the Miami Rams game, the pick em. I am taking Miami Dolphins. And even though Rams' defense is playing pretty well right now, their offense is horrible. They have announced that Jared Goff will be the starting quarterback this point on, and that isn't going to be good for the first couple games. The Rams are 1-8 against the spread after a win by three or fewer points, and that's what they had last week when they won, what, 6-3 or 9-6 or something like that? Give me the Miami Dolphins. I like the Ravens plus seven versus Dallas. No, I'm not crazy. Dallas is eight no straight up and against the spread since they lost their opening game by one point. The difference in, in this matchup is they're going up against the Baltimore Ravens who have the NFL's top defense right now and are number one against the run, having given up no more than 65 yards on the ground twice this year 
Coming off a division win, the Ravens are 12 and 11 against the spread in their next game. I will take the Baltimore Ravens and the points. I also like Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. I am taking the under in that game. 45 points is the number. Give me the under. The Chiefs are 7 and 2 straight up and are the current leaders of the AFC West. When talking about their defense, the Chiefs are the best under team in the league with 2 and 7 over under record this season. The Chiefs have bagged three straight unders on their home field, holding opposing teams to an average of 13 points or less. I like Green Bay versus Washington. Give me Green Bay plus the points. Washington is 5-1-1 in their last seven games. Green Bay has lost their last three. I'm going with the team that has more to play for, and that is Green Bay. And my final game in the NFL, the New England Patriots versus the San Francisco 49ers. New England is minus 14 favorite in this game. And this is a matchup between quite possibly the best and worst teams in the NFL at this point. Even if Gronk is not playing and it doesn't look like he will be playing for the Patriots, there is no way they should win this game by anything less than 14 points. Give me the New England Patriots and I'll give you the 14 points. As far as college picks go, Dan only has a couple. Four games. He's taking the Oklahoma State Cowboys plus four and a half versus TCU. He also likes the Pittsburgh Panthers minus eight versus the Duke Blue Devils. He also wants Clemson minus 22 versus Wake Forest. And he is going to take USC minus 11 versus the UCLA Bruins. Again, parlaying those four games. And uh, he's going to hope to win some cash. As far as my college games go, I have Utah State versus Nevada. Utah State is a six and a half point favorite, and I'm going to take Utah State. Let's face it. Nevada is a horrible team playing horrible football. And this is a really nice line. Six and a half points. That means one touchdown. And I got that game one. Give me Utah State. I also like New Mexico plus four and a half versus Colorado State. And perhaps you might be saying I should be picking Colorado State in this game, but I cannot pass the fact that they gave up 485 yards rushing to Air Force last week. New Mexico is the leading rushing team in all of NCAA football. This should be a close game, if not an outright win for New Mexico. Give me the New Mexico Lobos. East Carolina plus seven versus Navy. I like East Carolina. Both of these teams score like crazy. Give me the team getting the extra points, and I feel comfortable with that. I like LSU minus 13 and a half versus Florida. The Gator offense is almost non-existent, and their defense is in rough shape right now. Leonard Fournette should have a career day against the Gators. Give me LSU, and I will lay the 13 and a half. Michigan State versus Ohio State. Michigan State is a 22-point dog right now. And this basically, this is Michigan State's bowl game. And Michigan State can still play inspired football if they want to. That is the problem with Michigan State. They have to want to do it. This is also senior day for the Spartans. I know it sounds like I'm looking for reasons to pick the Spartans, and I am. 22 points is just too many to lay um, against Michigan State. Ohio State is not playing that well right now. Their offense is struggling. Their defense is keeping them in games, and 22 points is just far too many points. I like Baylor this week against Kansas State. Baylor is a two-point underdog. 
The Bears have a new quarterback after their regular starter broke his leg. And even with their regular quarterback, or even without their regular quarterback, Baylor is still a highly talented team and still probably better than Kansas State. Add the points to this and I will take Baylor. Another senior day for Baylor added to the fact that they just don't lose very often at home. Baylor plus two for me. I like Wisconsin versus Purdue. I know last week I I took the points and Iowa, I believe. Uh, I, I thought that was far too many points for Wisconsin to give up. This week they're giving up 28 and, you know, normally I don't like losing that, lose, or laying that many points with the Badgers. It bit me in the butt last week. But they've showed themselves to be the real deal in the Big Ten. They're playing for a very realistic chance at the championship four playoffs this year. And Purdue is simply not a good team. They haven't improved since they fired their head coach. I'm going to lay to 28 points. Purdue is just that bad. Plus, Purdue is a big-time passing team. And looks like the game tomorrow in, in, in Indiana is going to be extremely windy. And that's going to hurt Purdue also. So, give me Wisconsin. I'm going to cautiously, optimistically lay those 28 points. That's it for our picks this week. Like I said, check them out on the website, mycfl.com. See how we do. We'll keep those updated as they come in. But until then, it's time for some club music. I know, I said it the last time Dan wasn't here. I'm not really a fan of being in a club by myself. I need somebody here to, you know, I need a wingman. I need somebody here because normally when, when Dan and I are here, I'm the designated driver because Dan's drinking his Jack and Coke. But today, it's just me drinking Coca-Cola. And I look like an idiot sitting in the chair in the booth by myself, you know. Anyways... This week's Fantasy Girl, check her out on the website, mycffl.com. You got somebody you want to suggest? Feel free to email us, cffelcommissioner at zoho.com. We'll get her in for you. Um, like I said, we're taking a break from famous people that I photographed, and we're going off the board a little bit. We're going all the way to Brazil. We're going with Jenny Andrade. Jenny was born December 23, 1987, in Ribeirão Preto, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Like I said, she is available for you to look at right now on the website, on the Fantasy Girl of the Week section of the website. Jenny first became famous when she was booked to be an octagon girl for the for UFC 163 in Rio de Janeiro. And although she was new to the viewers of the UFC, she had actually been a model for quite some time in her homeland of Brazil. She began modeling at the age of six, when she was discovered by an agency. And this led to a career as a TV personality by the age of 15, with Jenny presenting on at least five shows in her native Brazil ever since. The natural beauty has since continued to use her good looks to book modeling shoots for various products, including lingerie, swimwear, and fitness apparel. That's Jenny Andrade, your Fantasy Girl of the Week. And that's it, everybody. Week 
11 is coming up in a couple days. And now you have all the news you need to know to make the most of your fantasy games this weekend. I hope you do well. Good luck. And join us again next week. Like I said, we have a very special segment next week. We're going to be talking about the semifinalists in the NFL Hall of Fame voting. And your chance to vote on NFL.com. You can go there and, and vote for your semifinalists. And like I said, send us an email with um, your sleeper pick, your lock for the Hall of Fame, and some of your other picks that you made and the reasons why you made those picks and people you agree with that that are, should be in there and people that you don't think should be in the, the Hall of Fame next year. And we'll we'll talk about them next week. And we'll also go over Dan's picks for the for his top 15 and my top 15 picks. Until then, good luck and uh, be good. We'll talk to you next week.